1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. TV guy on the radio, Mark Strauss, hangs out with me every Tuesday at this time. Uh, you can actually reach out to us a bunch of different ways if you want to say you like hearing from uh, Mark or you like what we're talking about or you hate us. Anything's fine. Uh, th- I think we're both very comfortable with people saying whatever they want to us. 309. I don't read it, so it doesn't matter what you tell me. Fair enough. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the cell phone number to text me at. That's uh, on this phone I'm holding in front of me. 309-340-4464. Yes, that's my cell phone number. Or Facebook.com slash Craig Collins Radio. Uh, or Craig Collins Show, I think, are ways you can find me. And then uh, some people have even been finding Mark on the Internet. I'm not going to tell you how to do that, but uh, it's been happening. Um, so we were talking a bit ago about Live Golf. Uh, Live Golf has decided to merge with the PGA Tour uh, because they've got a crap ton of money. And so um, it's well, interesting. I think it's actually the other way around, isn't it? The PGA has yeah. a lot of money. I, well, I no, think, no, no, think Live was the, undeniable. No, that the PGA yeah. has approached Live. Well, however, how I, I mean, that part to me, I might have just uh, said that wrong. Because all of the PGA's, some of the PGA's biggest stars right. are well, in yeah. Live. Here, let me, let me make the point I, intent, I intended to make yeah. a second ago correctly. Uh, Live was undeniable. The, the money, the attraction, the players that they were uh, convincing to go be a part of that organization, it, it was a, um, you know, a snowball that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it was unavoidable. And so whoever approached who, this was the rational business decision. It's not the decision that a lot of people are happy with. Uh, I, I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins talking today about how, especially if you're one of those players who, who stayed true to the PGA and said that Liv was a organization backed by uh, money that came from bad places – um, well, uh, now that's all over, and you also didn't get a cut of the money uh, going in, which you said a second ago. Um, but this is this is very interesting as far as development goes. And off air, we were just talking about how it connects back to a very political story uh, that's in the news right now, and sort of shockingly uh, under discussed, and that is uh, Biden and his um, different business. Uh, the twenty uh, shell companies. Yeah, uh, Hunter Biden establishing all kinds of different ways for money to be funneled. Uh, mm-hmm. through other members of the Biden family. And right now, no definitive proof out there in public, but a whole lot of people assume it's there, of uh, our president, uh, then vice president, getting a sweet, sweet cut, a uh, big guy, as he was known on uh, some of those messages. What I think is really interesting about this, too, is is the latest developments with the FBI. Uh, the FBI went from telling a, a Republican committee, or, well, a, a House committee, that they're not going to give them certain stuff, which confirmed that documents existed to we're going to show you it, but we're going to be there in the same room with you. Uh, And every single uh, part of the way, Mark, it seems that they're avoiding a simple subpoena that says, hey, give documents that politicians are entitled to to the politicians. Well, first of all, those are our documents. Our tax dollars pay for those agencies to do the work and create whatever documentation there is. Secondly, what is being shown to the people, and this is important, is that when somebody like Steve Bannon goes in there or... You name it. Sure. And they're found in contempt. What happens to them? They're thrown in the pokey or they're rung up on charges. But if you're on a different side of the political aisle. If you're Christopher Ray, You can, you can get away with whatever you want. If you're Merrick Garland, if sure. you're one of his underlings, mm-hmm. Ron Rosenstein, you name it, going back years. And this is what people had to see because before, if you told them, there was this much corruption mm-hmm. and there was this much targeting of certain people yeah. or political ideals. Yeah. People would say, you're crazy. That's a conspiracy theory. Sure. But you're- now people have been educated and they see that's really true. I want to respond to that. And I, I want to say this to the audience uh, so people understand that sometimes when I talk to you, Mark, I'm not exactly saying what I think. I'm saying what are some of the typical conversations you see out there in the world of the public, uh, but not necessarily my opinion. I want that to be stated up front. One of the things I'm, I'm seeing, though, is a lot of people who are unaware of this story, uh, because a lot of mainstream media is not yes. at all discussing it. And some of the most simplistic versions of reporting on it just dismiss it outright. And so are as many people, as you said, actually opening their eyes to the reality behind the the curtain potentially here um, because of how easily dismissed the story seems to be by a lot of the media that say people who are unaware of a lot of things are, are just consuming anyway. Well, I think, I think people are becoming aware of it, um, maybe not at the speed that you think they should, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of things going on right now uh, dynamically. First of all, people have lost trust in the mainstream media. 
So they're just not watching it. So the fact that the mainstream media is hiding important information, you know, um, bias by omission, it doesn't really matter anyway, because people have said, you know what, I'm turning you off. I can't trust you. Everything you told me over the past several years Mm -hmm. turned out to be wrong. And, you're and right. I'm not. I'm not laughing because I disagree. It's either wrong. You're right about that. It's either wrong because you're incompetent, yeah. or it's wrong because you're dishonest. Well, and honestly, it doesn't and even. Neither of those, by the way, are is good. It's yeah. good for the integrity of journalism. Right. Well, I'll be honest to the to the everyday guy, to to me and you and anyone listening to this show. I don't know that it matters uh, that much why what's going on is going on because we're not necessarily. Well, let me. We're not necessarily going to be the ones that that stop whatever the system is that's broken. Um, so knowing that it's broken may be more important. No, but than you, knowing how it's but broken. But you sitting behind that microphone every day, sure. five days a week for three hours, mm-hmm. are the messenger of the information sure. that people need to have that the mainstream media is purposely not delivering. Well, let me ask you this. How is it possible that you had the Russia, Russia, Russia thing, and now the Durham report has come out to so heavily dismiss it that even a Jake Tapper can admit that Trump yeah. looks pretty good and the FBI looks pretty bad, um, and at the same time have something as salacious, if that's even the word you want to use for, I I use for it, as a current president, former vice president, who may have had um, literal bribes that he accepted. How is this not an obsession of, and I know the easy answer is, it's because of the bias within media, but but how is this not something that's being demanded by by more people, uh, just because on its surface, and as the FBI continues to be evasive, it only makes it look strange it only makes it look more likely that there's something being hidden if the fbi just turned over information and this was a you know a nothing burger of a story then it it would be gone um but it it is something that seems to be talked about a lot and it feels very reminiscent to me however oddly i'm connecting those dots the live golf pga tour thing uh because the money part seems to be the mechanism where everything is is going awry yeah so I, i don't know how how to respond to the idea that it's something that can be so cavalierly well, listen, dismissed. All you have to do, all you have to do, is look at isolated examples. Tucker Carlson being taken off Fox, mm-hmm. um, the suppression and suspension of voices on Twitter before Elon Musk bought that platform. Do you? Look- if you look at all of these things, yeah. and you know what happens is, is people look at them individually but if you take them and you collect, collect them, them. Yeah, there you. is a preponderance of evidence that says that the mainstream media is in on the crime that, right. that, well, that, that they're the propagandists yeah. right. that are yeah. trying to condition you they're the ones that told you safe and effective yeah. they're the yeah. ones that told you all the things that turned out to be untrue i don't dismiss the 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 size of the the issue um and and you and i very much agree that there's there's a lot of things that seem like they've gone a certain way i don't know if i always get to the same uh, end result you if get you to. were as bad uh-huh. at being correct on your job <laughs> As the mainstream media is, would I keep my job? You, you wouldn't be here talking to me right well, now. Well, but here's the thing: I, I read a study, and this is old. It's not a new study. Uh, this was before Trump started talking about. Well, um, just be, keep in mind that a lot of these studies are commissioned no, to on. create it, it actually, a narrative that but, they want out there. Let me finish what the study was about, because it actually backs a lot of what we're saying. Uh, so, a, a study from years ago, uh, before Trump even started saying that the uh, media was corrupt. Uh, looked into the way in which media builds its staff, builds its its people. And one of the more interesting things it found is is sort of twofold. People who have conservative ideals, people who, you know, would be considered, I guess, uh, on the right, often don't stay in those places in government yeah. or in certain media. Uh, they gravitate to other types of jobs. You've experienced that bias at a previous workplace. Sure. You've talked about it on the air. I have a little bit. Um, not a lot. I don't want to uh, st- step my toe too far into certain things, but I, I will say... Um, but you know it exists. Oh, yeah. Well, so if it exists... And so that's the other that's If the it other exists component. on a little radio staff somewhere, sure. then in a big corporation, what do you think is going well, on? Well, actually, and so you, you sort of uh, jumped the gun, but that is the second of the two things the study demonstrated, is that if people aren't willingly leaving certain places certain industries, media and uh, politics, um, and not the politicians who run conservative or Democrat. I mean the people behind the scenes who have the jobs that they don't say what political position they are, but you kind of figure out what they are. Uh, the other way is that people who wind up being against the grain don't get promoted. They right. lose jobs. They, yeah. don't, they don't win. Uh, that is cultivating a, a um, you know, collection of people who are ideologically aligned. 
then you don't need to control them. The, the thing that was interesting to me about the study is it seemed to dismiss the idea that there was the control apparatus that people say exists, and it was more just we got everybody on the same team. It's sort of like a Facebook group. If everybody in a Facebook group thinks a thing, the conversations they're having in that Facebook group aren't reflective of people no, in it's, society. it's an echo chamber. Exactly. And that's what the media does. They create a narrative, and then you sitting there at home watching TV or listening to the radio mm-hmm. or reading the newspaper think, oh, this is what a lot of, this is what most people think, and I'm in the minority when it turns out yeah. that it's actually the other sure. way around. But so what I think is really interesting about this style of conversation that you and I are having right now, and I wonder if you just agree personally with this, is that that's a different position to tell someone, especially someone who, who doesn't think any of this is real, um, to tell them it's not that there's a, a small collection of people like a Marvel comic book that are actually in control of everything and paying off every single person who disagrees with them. There is a system that's being developed that has a whole bunch of people who don't doubt the narrative, don't need to be well, controlled in the first place. Let me ask you this, okay, because we, we, we mostly agree, but here's where I kind of branch off. Sure. When, when you say there aren't people that are controlling things. They do exist. I have, Absolutely, they yeah. do exist, and now they're out in the open. Yeah. What do you think the World Economic Forum is? I agree with you. And the Great Reset. No, I agree. What with do you. you think the World Health Organization right. is? Yeah. What do you think George Soros does no, and I, Bill I, Gates? I agree with you. The, the thing I think, we've... and those are just the people we see. Think of the ones yeah. we don't and don't even know no, of. No, I, I think the thing that at times on this this radio show, and I'm very grateful for my friendship with Mark Strauss <clears throat> and the things we talk about. But I think at times when we wind up not being aligned, it's not because I disagree that those people exist. Uh, I think they do exist. I think their control or ability to control is more limited uh, than some people say it is in the ways in which they execute it. But what I do think is genius, and as I said, when I dove deeper into this study, and I can pull it up and give you all the information. It's not in front of me right now, so some people may doubt it exists, but I promise it exists. Uh, what I thought was interesting and what we've seen a lot now in society, and even a great example is, say, Google or Facebook. If you put certain ideas into those systems, it feeds you back more of those same ideas. Uh, this is a long tried and true. I know anyone that is listening to this that has thought this is for a long time, none of this is eye-opening or, or groundbreaking. But I think to say a younger person who believes themselves to be a Democrat, uh, this would be a, a mind-opening way to discuss what is, quote, deep state or what is, you know, um, um, the unfair system that has been created, because it's not saying that there's a group of Marvel bad guys uh, that are doing things that are offing people that are, you know, using uh, doppelgangers to, to replace individuals, but they've built a system that effectively agrees with a message, so the control isn't as difficult as you might assume. Well, you know, uh, there's video, and I'm sure some of our listeners have seen the video, and I think Mark Lee and Van Camp have talked about this, and Robbins. Um, there's video of Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the World Economic Forum, yes. and, and he's literally like some sort of Indiana Jones <laughs> Nazi. He is. He's a villain. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. He, full villain. He looks yeah. the part. Yes, he does. And he sounds the part. And he does. was doing an interview with somebody at some forum, mm-hmm. and this is not hard video to find, where he is bragging yeah. about how the World Economic Forum has infiltrated the cabinets of dozens of powerful countries, Mm -hmm. that you do that by placing your people in there to push your agenda, right? Yeah. And that's what you're talking about, is there are people behind the curtain, in quotes, who are pulling the strings of countries against the interest of the people who live in those countries. I think countries. the easiest way to, to um, crystallize what I'm trying to say, and then we'll take a break, and I, again, as always, thank you for these conversations. The, the uh, Twitter files, the release of them yeah. by Elon Musk on social media, uh, proved something unique to me, and it's something I'm saying here. There was not much pushback from Twitter and whatever the in, whoever the individuals were who were being told by members of the government mm-hmm. to censor certain things. Uh, it seemed that those individuals, and you could say it's because they're California young technology employees or whatever, uh, they just were like, all right, yeah, that seems right. That makes sense. Let's silence this doctor. Let's silence this position. Let's remove this guy from social media completely, whoever they are. Even uh, a current president uh, getting censored in social media is sort of insane Well, there, there's as an, a simple statement. There's an element to that that's true because, right. and I've talked about this, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the only thing going on, Sure, but I, I know. Th- those young people that you're referring to have purposely been educated to think in a certain way so that they're inclined to go along with something that's no, totally, I, I, I understand. I'll use the word un-American, yeah. you know, 
taking away somebody's First Amendment right and not thinking twice about it. Yeah, I understand the way in which people in political conversation talk about indoctrination, which yeah. is what you're referencing there. But um, more interesting to me than any of, of that right now is the idea that the Twitter files easily demonstrate what I'm saying, mm-hmm. that a lot of ideologically aligned people wound up censoring a platform that wasn't ideologically aligned because its users were not all thinking the same thing that the people in charge were thinking and the government was telling those people was important. And so I I sometimes think that when we talk about this stuff, and even Trump, actually, the former president, uh, recently saying he doesn't like the term woke because he doesn't think it's defined well in our society, uh, seems to demonstrate that the way in which we talk about some of this stuff he has his is own, imperfect. It's because he has his own branding for it. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I, I think he's absolutely right about that. And I think that's often something that a, say, liberal would say to attack a position where yeah. a conservative says, I don't like this woke thing. Well, define woke for me. Well, that's, is, like, is, that's like when I say to you that you're using too polite a term. I think mm-hmm. that's what Trump's saying. He's saying... The word woke is too polite well, for what's fine. going on. I like being polite. So that's, that's something no, I probably no, you won't understand. change. No, but I understand what you if, mean. Yeah. If you're being attacked, right. and, and we've all been attacked now for since the whole COVID thing started, sure. then you don't need to be polite because sure. you're being attacked. No, I know. Um, however, I do think that the people who might be attacking, um, and this we know this in any kind of fight you have in your own life, uh, when someone goes crazy, if you uh, react back in an emotional way, however much you should or shouldn't, uh, someone who's a bystander on the side might see both of you it's as like, equal problems. It's like a hockey fight. The first guy slashes you in the head, right. and then you punch him, and, you're both and, in the you get the fi- and you get the five-minute major for fighting. Well, but they both wind up in the penalty box, so I think that's part Some, of the problem. Sometimes, sometimes you get an extra two <laughs> minutes. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, that was very ideological. That was very fun. Uh, we'll talk about some of the actual things in the news uh, in just a bit, including, as I teased before, Stephen A. Smith and his interesting take about why Biden should not be the president, something the very Democratic Stephen A. Smith said in his Stephen A. Smith style. <laughs> a quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out as he always does on uh, Tuesday at this time. Uh, very kind to help me get $25 Yankee tickets um, in a couple weeks. Well, that's the cards. What, not counting the fees. Well, not counting the fees. Uh, but, no, I, I love the fact that you send me those text messages when the, the price drops. Yeah. Uh, you're better than any other, you know, like email um, um, alert I could set up. And uh, I'm going to get to see the Yankees. Well, and if actually, I contact you, it means you better buy them because they're not going to be there I know. that long. Well, and actually, what's even funnier about that is I was just asking you off the air, um, the hotel, and I, I knew which one it was, but I wanted yeah. to confirm it, that the team would likely play at. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have a goal. Uh, the goal is to get a photo of Betty and Aaron Judge together because yeah. they will be uh, quite different size-wise. I think Betty is probably just a little bit taller than a Jose Altuve. I'm kidding, but I like that joke because Jose is a little tiny guy. Um, but no, um, I, I, I'm, that's the goal. And thank you again for helping me get the tickets. Uh, since you've been doing sports for so long, I wanted to ask you about something I was talking about yesterday. Uh, and I don't know how familiar you are with this. It's in the world of soccer. I don't follow a lot of soccer. Uh, but a U.S. women's team, uh, which was either um, past or current players on the national team, uh, that's one of the best in the world, played against a, a group of professional soccer they players. They were invited to play this team. I think so. Um, I think it was all part of like a, a bigger tournament. They, they must have been invited. They yeah. weren't. No, I think everybody they, they was invited. They weren't forced no, no, to no. do yeah, it. No, no, no one was forced. No, no. What I mean is I don't think that they were the only two. I think there was a tournament and there were a lot of teams involved. Sure. And these happened to be two of them. Uh, Rexham AFC is a um, you know professional soccer team in the U.K. It's not necessarily a world soccer team like the U.S. women's would be. Uh, anyway, long story short, uh, these teams played each other. What and was the final score? The men beat them 12 nothing. Yeah. And the men were winning 7 nothing. I think, after 20 minutes into the game. Uh, so it did not go well. And then a lot of the a lot of the coverage after this was about how brave the women were and some of the women who did interviews about this. Now, here's here's what I wanted to ask you about, because I talked about it yesterday, and you might not totally agree with the way I delivered my opinion. I don't think this is the kind of thing that people would be uh, talking about and laughing about, and maybe it almost feels like uh, men dunking on women's sports in, you know, in discussing this. If we weren't in the place in society we're in, where some seem to believe this wouldn't be the likely outcome of a, right. a, 
professional men's team playing a world class female athlete. You know, it, uh, built it'd be team. like me trying to wrestle some 250 pound linebacker for sure. the Cleveland Browns. Or <laughs> it something. would not go well. And I think the only reason it's been such a hot topic and it's all over. I mean, social I have media, enough sense to know that I'm going to lose. Sure. I think the reason it's a hot topic and it's all over social media is sort of uh, because of that. And I have two other. Uh, I don't understand why it's a hot topic. What's, I don't know. What's so hard to understand about I, the likely outcome right. of a match of that type. I agree with you. And there's two. But other... here's here's what's really interesting to me about it. Sure. Okay, everybody's outraged that these men clobbered this woman's soccer team, but they're okay with men pretending they're women and competing in women's sports, and then the men are the winners of the competition? Breaking records and yeah. uh, you know doing things that uh, women aren't capable of doing, uh, according to a lot of people who talk about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. What I think is even as interesting as, as that point and that avenue you can go they're, down. But they're okay with the men right. participating in women's sports, but they're not okay with the men's team. Defeating the women's team so yeah. soundly. And, what, and the women's team is accepting the invitation to play them. So what I think is interesting about this, too, because I dove a little deeper into this and, and into the battle of the sexes stuff that has happened from time to time and i don't know if you know about this maybe you do because you're a professional uh, you know sports uh, broadcaster for so long mm -hmm. uh when serena and venus williams were 16 and 17 yeah. years old they were playing in australia and they were bragging i guess uh, this is a true story i looked it up i confirmed it's real um they were bragging about how they could beat a man that yeah. was ranked 200 or lower Sure. And there was a guy sitting in the place they were bragging about this that was ranked exactly 203 that said, all right, I'll play you ladies. Uh, Venus was already ranked in the top 50 for women. Serena wasn't ranked yet. She's young. Um, and he beat both of them. And yeah. he beat both of them badly. I think it was 6-1 and 6-2 uh, for some of the matches. Here's what's most interesting about that story. Um, I, I guess at some point after it occurred, the Venus William or the the um, you know Williams sisters changed their position to be they could beat somebody ranked 350 or lower, <laughs> not 200. And what's even better, that guy had just lost in the match that uh, he was the tournament he was in, so he dropped to 350. So he's like, I'll play you guys again, and then they got mad. Um, but I guess at some point, uh, Venus Williams, according to the man himself, walked up to him and said, You know that thing that happened in Australia? It never happened. Smiled and walked away, meaning that most media wasn't going to discuss that story. And I don't remember it um, at all until recently when I looked into it. But that seems to be another part and aspect of this whole problem yeah. that's been going on for a long time is that the reality of some things can't be discussed. Yeah. Well, um, Rush Limbaugh used to call these undeniable truths mm -hmm. that somehow in this modern age have been perverted to be untrue. Yeah. Um, I, I, just to kind of run off. Sure, go wherever you want. I, I think, and I've talked about this before, I think there are certain sports where women can compete with men, but they have to be the, the best of the best in that sport. Sure. For them to succeed. Now. Give me an example. Well, I think tennis is one where a great women's tennis, and here's the reason. Yeah. Um, you're not, it's you're not running right. So, uh, obviously, in a soccer match, we're talking mm -hmm. about the, this men's team beating this women's yeah. national team. Yeah. Uh, the men are going to be faster. The men are going to be stronger. Yeah. But in a game like tennis, it might be you're a little on, bit. You're on your side of the court, and sure. if you use if you have certain abilities and strategies, and you can execute those. With minimal mistakes, you can you can beat somebody sure. who is uh, a, a, a guy, but everything's got to go right. But it can it can happen. It's like you know the '69 Mets beating the Baltimore Orioles. The, the Mets had no offense yeah. and they won in five games. <laughs> uh, two interesting things because of their pitching. Two interesting things in response to what you said because I have <clears throat> tried to do, and I know that this makes me no expert, uh, but as much. Um, information gathering as I can uh, when I talk about some of this stuff. Uh, one thing I found uh, is a study that's not necessarily um, a bowling, lot of places. Bowling would be another. Bowling would be another one. And uh, I, actually, I actually think, seriously, and yeah. I've talked about, I think someday we'll see, we'll see a woman in the National Hockey League. Okay. But we might only see one or two. Sure. It has to be somebody who is uniquely... Capable, right? A finesse player. Um, well, um, somebody who is ultra fast. Well, yeah, no, right. Like, and, uh, and and a, and a and a a taller and and you know we have a lot of women are, are athletically stronger mm -hmm. 
and taller than they used to be. So you've got to get somebody who is going to be able to physically uh, put up with the physical demand. One thing I think is interesting. So I I dived, uh, I dove uh, deep into uh, a lot of the data into um, transgender athletes in sports and uh, even the Olympics allowing someone after a couple years of of hormone or whatever uh, the treatment would be uh, to compete against uh, the opposite sex. And one thing that a study that's not talked about a lot found is that lung capacity in men is is biologically different yeah, than in women. A, there's a lot of things that are different, well, it's, there's a, No, I'm aware. But this one uniquely is valuable in the world of sports because it doesn't go away. There's no, there's yeah. no treatment. There's right. no change. Uh, having more lung capacity makes you more equipped, right. especially at the elite levels. See, God of made us different for a reason, <laughs> and everything I love happens okay, cool. for yeah, a reason. Right. Uh, sure. you know, and yeah. so that everything. And works. I, I, know, I know there's a lot of nature other ones. is amazing. But you're right. What I thought was so interesting about it is like how are, how are we not ending some of these arguments by just saying, you know, if you looked into the lung capacity thing, that's, that's uniquely a different thing, and I don't think anyone's changing their ability to uh, breathe in order to compete from one side to the other. Uh, other stuff out there, uh, just to play this audio that I mentioned a lot, uh, this is um, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, he is talking about how he doesn't think Biden should be our president. He shouldn't run. I find this very, very interesting. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is is very much um, Democratic. Uh, he's definitely asking the Democratic side of the aisle to throw someone else in the ring. But here we go. Because, ladies and gentlemen, without trying to engage in any kind of ageism at all, because I don't believe in it, there does come a point in time where there are certain jobs you don't need. It's not that you don't need to be working. It's not that you don't need to be living your life. It's not that you don't need to be living a very vibrant lifestyle or anything like that. But there are responsibilities uh-huh. that are far, far, far more extensive than, let's say, the typical nine to five. Wait that somebody in their 80s may not need to be I've doing. I've said this. I think the presidency is one of them. Yes, it is. I think the presidency is one of those jobs. I think that's why I don't feel that bad when I make fun of Biden. Did he ha- Did he offer up a replacement? <laughs> he did not. Not that I have in this audio anyway. Um, I wonder if you even think that that's ageist um, to say that Biden is, is not showing himself to be mentally capable. Is uh, Stephen A. I know you don't have the answer to this question, but uh, if, if Stephen A. was in the room, my first question to Stephen A. would be, are you... Are you saying this because you're afraid of the news about the Biden family that's oh, yeah. coming down the road and you just want him to step aside Be before the you know what hits the fan? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think fairly easily falling over and all the stuff that Biden does uh, makes him look like he's not capable. But what I meant to say, what I want to say a second ago is I don't think that's ageist. I think that when you look at someone like a Biden and you say, oh, maybe his age is impacting his abilities. That doesn't mean that everyone at the same age has the same struggle, but it's probably one of the things doctors would would tell a Biden, uh, tell President Biden, the reason is that he's he's not you know, I have who to, he used to be. I have to question Stephen A's mental capacity <laughs> because sure. you're te- what what he's saying is that it took video of him slipping and falling to come to a conclusion that everybody else had come to based ago. on him not being able to pronounce words right. and put a sentence together yeah. and remember the name of somebody sure. or introduce somebody at an or have event, any idea where he's going introduce somebody at an event yeah. who had died the week before yep that's not a good look you know all of these things yeah. we've all seen them and now it took the guy slipping mm-hmm. which could happen to anybody sure for him to decide that he's not capable anymore yeah. you know it's interesting too and i know trump put up a, a joke on his uh, truth um social media platform uh, but it is true that you can find actual authentic audio of people telling our president where to go when he's walking yeah. like all the time this is a constant uh, situation where who's ever near him even at the air force event where he fell over the more charring thing to me was the amount of times he got lost walking around he's or not, even look he's i'm going to say this i've said this uh-huh. uh sometimes i don't know if you, you, you i don't think you agree with me all right let's try Joe Biden's not going to be the nominee mm-hmm. because there's absolutely no way that he's going to be up on a stage debating anybody anymore. That's never going to happen again because he can't. Yeah, uh, he barely did it the last time. Uh, it's not that he debated much last time. I, I, I don't. And by the way, the answer to every question can't be, hey, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, here, I'll, I'll say this in response to what you're saying. I would not be shocked if you wind up being right. Um, but I, I see no current signs 
that the Democrats themselves are trying to actually uh, feed Biden to the wolves because the politicians, at least in interviews, are still saying they're behind. Well, him. they have to say that. I, I know they do. They have to say that they'll lose their positions for a little while. They weren't committees. saying that. There was there was a period of time where many many Democrats, uh, I can think of uh, a whole lot uh, that were not committal about support for Biden running again. Until well, and, so, and somebody was sent to talk to them and say, "Hey, you better, you better get on, <laughs> Maybe. get on board the yeah. team here." I don't know. It, it's just, you and, know what? We'll let you know when you can speak your mind, and then we'll tell you what you think. Yeah. You know what? The most damaging thing to me is, um, and this is, I'm sure, going to sound heavily uh, biased and one-sided, but just think about it yourself if you believe it to be true um, that Democrats haven't forced out in the open a different candidate on uh, their political party. It sort of sounds like they don't think there's anyone better. And that's that's damaging to the party more so than anyone else, anything else, that the current president and the amount of mistakes he's made, the lack of support he has from the average voter, uh, from the Democratic voter. And yet, as far as we know, uh, unless you wind up being right about the thing you said, um, this this is the best candidate they can put forward. Makes that's you wonder how damaging. he got elected in the first place, doesn't it, Craig? Well, uh, we've talked about that before. Um, uh a lot of other things to talk about on the show. I, I don't know where else to go with that because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. I will take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back and say a little bit uh, more with Mark because we're already running out of time. Uh, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'm not breaking because I don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> I just know we've had it so many times that I can kind of predict uh, what we're both going to say at this point. And there's other stuff to talk about. Uh, quick break, a lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, hanging out. Out with me as he does uh, on Tuesday from three o'clock. I've asked him to stay for an extra segment. I didn't like the break I took a minute ago, and we can talk about the thing uh, that it seems like I'm trying to not talk about. Uh, but I did want to ask you quickly before the news um, about the importance of Reagan, uh, President Reagan, uh, the anniversary of his death, 19 years the other day. Um, a person, I think, in Minnesota, a Democrat, celebrated his death on Twitter, wound up getting mocked um, and and um, rejected by both Democrats and Republicans for the the horrible. Uh, notion she put out there. I looked into her, 20-something-year-old person, probably doesn't appreciate uh, Reagan at all, and then as a Democrat just knows that he was influential on the Republican side of the aisle. Uh, but all of this is to lead to the question, uh, what are, if anything, you want to share about Reagan, his importance, remembering him uh, just the other day? Well, we, we do not have enough time before the top of the Take hour. Take a little extra. You can go to, ahead. Uh, to uh, do that. Well, all I'll say is that, first of all, um, Reagan had so many skills that we wish all politicians had, and the expectations that we have, he's the one we measure everybody against, mm-hmm. if you're a conservative. And there's never going to be another Reagan. There's never going to be another Reagan. Um, but I feel, and, and I pass this along to you. Uh, one of the greatest, I think, political speeches in the history of this country, certainly in the top ten speeches, and maybe higher than that, is Reagan's A Time for Choosing speech, which he made in 1964, before he had gotten into politics and was still uh, president of the Screen Actors Guild, uh, that he gave as as part of the campaign for Barry Goldwater for president. And that speech, A Time for Choosing, can be found on YouTube, or if you just type it into a search engine, you can get the one that's archived from the Reagan Library. And I would urge every single person to watch that speech, because everything that he talks about, it's roughly 22 minutes long, I believe. Yeah, right. It's it's relevant today. It's absolutely relevant right now as we speak. The most interesting thing is that you say that he's the the president of the Screen Actors Guild at the time, so he's he's deep in Hollywood uh, during his career as an actor, um, but also emerging as a political uh, mind. Here's what a lot of people don't know about Ronald Reagan. A lot of people do know that he was a Democrat for a long time. He was a Democrat. Yeah. He was a Democrat for most of his adult life. Right. Yeah, well, I, I, what I think is very interesting, I agree with you. Uh, you're the one who told me to listen to that speech. I did. It's great. I like if you go to uh, Reagan's, um, the presidential website, because you can read it as you listen to it. Yeah, but, you know, nobody delivers the message the way Reagan sure. delivered yeah. the message. I agree. And I, I definitely uh, echo your sentiment that it's and utterly And by the way, I also today. passed along some speeches that mm-hmm. uh, John F. Kennedy gave. Sure. And after listening to them, I'll ask you this question. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know he was a Democrat living in this day and age, 
would you think he was a conservative? No, he's a Republican. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, I would think that he's definitely a conservative yeah. candidate for office. And, and that's the problem that we're in today. Fair enough. Uh, quick yeah. break. Will's got the news. 1470 is an AM, 100.3 is an FM. Measure. He- 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Mark Strauss, TV guy on the radio, still hanging out with me. I'm going to set the table as to why. Uh, for anyone that wasn't listening, because uh, I know uh, radio audiences, uh, some move on, some stay. Uh, hopefully you stayed. Uh, before the break, we were talking about stuff. You made a reference uh, to um, election fraud. And uh, I went to a break because we were running out of time. Uh, but I didn't like the way that sounded. It seemed like I was silencing you, Mark. So I don't want to do no, that's that. fine. So I want you to, to hang back for an extra segment, and we'll, we'll actually dive into it. We've dove into it before. Uh, there are podcasts out there. You can hear Mark and I discussing this. But I'm going to try to be more uh, specific. Uh, about some of the ways we discuss this. Uh, my first question to you, and I just asked it to you off the air, um, do you think that the 2020 election is a conversation that former President Trump will continue to purposefully have with the American people, or do you think it's a conversation that will continue to be forced on him uh, like it was at the CNN town hall, as it was the first question out of the gate before they talked about anything else? Is this more of a Trump keeping this um, in, you know, uh, our consciousness or uh, the media refusing to let it disconnect from the former president? Both. All right. Why? Well, because, first of all, Trump's not going to let this die because he feels and a lot of other people feel that there was a great injustice. And that's a polite term because <laughs> injustice means criminality mm-hmm. done. And the media, because they're constantly saying that there isn't really any measurable election fraud. Mm-hmm. They are, they're losing the battle mm-hmm. with the public at large to convince people that everything was on the up and up for the most part. Gotcha. And when and, you say, and, and by the way, yeah. if, if people didn't think that there was election fraud, and I told you off the air about the Rasmussen poll sure. that now shows that 62% of people think that there was something that didn't, wasn't right about mm-hmm. not only the 2020 election, well, me, but the 2022 election. Yeah. So the media, yeah. if they thought people agreed with the idea that there, by and large, wasn't any election fraud, yeah. they wouldn't bring it up. But let me ask you this then, um, because when you say media, uh, for the most part, what I Leg- usually... Well, no, hold media. on. Uh, when, yeah, when Big I talk about media. that, I mean large media, but... I'm not talking about you. No, 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 and I, I don't think you are. Uh, but to be honest, uh, when it comes to election fraud, Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins uh, say that they don't think that there was fraud. That dis- well, they that, don't... That, right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to just pit, uh, um, pull out... <laughs> The other show that precedes well, mine. Well, I said this to you. Uh, they, but like they, most conservative um, pundits now who talk about this um, seem to say that they don't believe well, that. Well, I, I, I have an answer for you on that. No, yeah, no. God, but that, I, I didn't want it to sound like I was just trying to say that Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins don't agree. So why should the listener? Um, because there's a lot of conservative outlets. Well, Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins at one time used to be liberals. They, and they, they realized they, they, were, they, they, were, say that. they were wrong about that. They have that. made that so joke. So they've changed yes, their... I've heard Mark Lee yeah, make that joke. I, yeah. I don't have... Have such a past, right? But uh, so, so, but, but this. My I, point is, is that yeah. they think that now, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But my my point, the reason I was saying that at all is that it's not media the same way you and I or a lot of people would talk about just legacy media. The dismissal of this story goes beyond what would be identified as say liberal leaning uh, platforms, and it goes to not all, but a lot well, of conservative leaning platforms. Here, here's the thing, and I've said this before, and I don't mean to be sarcastic about it, but sure. there was a time when very, very uh, people that were considered to be very, very intelligent thought the earth was flat. That's true. Okay, so yeah. they changed their position. Well, and we've talked about when we've discussed it, it this happens before. As evidence comes yeah. out and things reveal themselves, people start to change their position. Well, on and things. we've talked about this before, even when we, we bring in COVID you know, and some people, of the, the people, coronavirus there, conversations. There are yeah. people who they, they fall in love with somebody mm-hmm. and they'll do anything for them and they wind <laughs> up getting divorced. Yeah, uh, let me ask you something different then, uh, because I think this is a more relevant question uh, that deserves to be asked and certainly probably deserves to be asked the former president. And by the way, I'm not the oracle or anything no, like that. No, I know, that. I know. Um, but I want to ask you this. Um, how would it be prevented if election fraud... Voter was, ID. All right, but um, I, I don't mean ideas... And, and voting on election day in yeah, person like right. we used to do, right. with exceptions for people that are... Yeah. Uh, not able to get there, but you, you know, that, I, I once, I yeah. once voted absentee yeah. many years ago because I was going out of town on a trip, 
And so I had to apply for that mm-hmm. and give a reason. Mm-hmm. And then I had to fill out a form and I had to have all kinds of things. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that what you're saying is, is wrong like or that a I, passport yeah, for crying out I don't loud. disagree with you at all. That's not the question I was asking. Um, I wasn't asking for... Only citizens vote. Sure. You I, have to be breathing. None of that. It's whole, really can, very, let, let me ask the question. But it's very simple. No, let me ask the question, though. Um, none of those things will pass in a majority of the states that will run the 2024 election. So I mean specifically in 2024, if the 2020 election was corrupt, and if the 2020 election was a fraudulent election that disallowed Trump from being nominated to the role of president, how would that be prevented in 2024 in the current system? Not what ideas, what policies could be uh, thrown out by a not currently President uh, Trump or uh, conservatives that want to see things changed. And we've talked about before some of the things that changed in Florida and how they seem to impact uh, mm-hmm. certain results yep. of the election. Yep. But none of that will be possible. No one will be able to change those rules uh, in the next year. So what prevents the system from cheating again if the system cheated in 2020? Well, I've got a couple of things to answer you with. First of all, uh, you prefaced your question about how those things aren't going to happen, and and you're right about that. But that is exactly the problem that should illustrate how corrupt the system has begun, uh, has become. That uh, these simple, lawful common sense things that we used to have here in this country for a long time are have now been sort of perverted to the point where we we don't have we have the ability to fix them sure but we don't have honest people in place who will stand up right to people in power in a lot of the states that would need to change some rules in order for that to be because, the solution to the problem. Because there's too many people are, who are, con- are not Republicans. Who yeah. are, well, it's not that they're not Republicans. Well, they're, they're, they're not. They're not know, people with that message. When we talk, I, I I always feel like you know there's there's a lot of honest Democrats. Sure. More than more than it may seem based on the current <laughs> administration. But there, you know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're afraid to do something. That somebody who carries more weight than you doesn't want you to do. Like, for example, for example, why would it be so insane for somebody in government on a local level to say, we need to clean all these names off the voter rolls? We need yeah, to not. have ID when these people come in to vote. It's not insane. We can't give people provisional ballots, right. and then they wind up getting counted without being verified. Okay, right. so none of that is insane. None of that will impact the no, 2024 but, but, election. No, but think about yeah. think about the fact that right. that's not even something. That is being put no, on the I, table. I don't mind a conversation about how the system no, is currently flawed and unfair it, and all that, but it's not. It's corrupt. Well, sure, corrupt is fine. I'm not trying to avoid the word corrupt. Anybody but what, who's what I'm saying would, is would welcome all of those. Sure, all of those. I agree with you. Guardrails. None of those are are solutions to the the simple question I asked. How does Trump get elected in 2024? Actually, there are solutions if these governments... But they won't occur. So what I mean is they're unrealistic um, solutions to 2024's election if well, the 2020 election was if your, fraudulent. If yeah. your political structure is dishonest, yes. Well, sure. But uh, mat- like I, when I was speaking a second ago, you said I was right, that none yeah. of these rules will change right. uh, for 2024. You're correct. So, so what prevents Trump from losing again? In your mind, I don't, I don't believe that the uh, election was... Uh, fraudulent enough to change the outcome. I think a lot of people voted against Trump and hate Trump, and that's a position I've had on the show. I do think there are versions of fraud that occurred, though. I'm not uh, delusional. But that, that's all irrelevant um, to your question. Right, but my, exactly. My question is, if Trump were the nominee on the Republican side of the aisle and the system is corrupt enough to prevent him from being elected in 2020, how does he get elected in 2024? How does he actually get elected? Not the things that would be great if they were in place places that they're not, but how would he win? How would he um, defeat the system? If, if only the number of votes that are counted are attributed to people who are actually registered but to vote. But that won't happen. You're, you're saying that the system is... But see, is... What, but you're, what, what, what you're saying mm-hmm. by answering that way... I'm, I don't believe that, but I, I think that you do. I think that you believe that um, fraud is a capability of I think our, it's electoral, got, I think our electoral... I think it gets progressively so, yeah. worse because sure. none of the things that we're talking about that you say won't happen before the next election... I'm not saying that I disagree with them. I'd like for them no, to I happen. No, I know that. I understand yeah. that distinction. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying. Right. And... and 
I agree with you that nothing's going to happen in the foreseeable future mm-hmm. on a large scale. It is happening in some states, there, are, but they are essentially states that Trump won and will win again. Sure. So if Trump runs, is he destined to lose? Well, there are certain things that I believe that seem outlandish and... Um, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I, no, I, I, I think, trying, it's, I think no, it's a valuable... I'm, I'm trying to explain, you know, yeah. I think a lot of the things... I uh, Let me say it this way. I think some of the things that have happened, and elections are one of those things, have been allowed to happen while there is documentation and recording of those events, which is a word I'm using for crimes, taking place. Because you have to catch the criminal in the act. Sure. And you have to allow the criminal to commit the crime over and over and over again so that there's no escape, there's no excuse, there's no talking their way out of it in the end. And so what my answer to your question is, he could quote-unquote lose again, but I think... If that were to happen, mm-hmm. just like the last, and, and by the way, the 2022 election didn't seem to be, uh, in a lot of places, very normal either. Well, what I'm saying is, is if 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 you're if you're trying to catch a criminal, mm-hmm. you you uh, allow the criminal to commit most. You got to let them go into yeah. the bank and rob the bank. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I want to say this to sort so of... That, so that's why, you yeah. know, some people are going to say, well, you're crazy and all that right. other stuff. And all I'm saying is that I believe that that's what is going on. And that's why certain things have happened the way they've happened. Because if you ever can prove, and that's the only way to prove it, it's not just him saying, this happened to me and it's terrible and yeah. you have to believe me. Yeah. People have to see it. People have to experience it in various parts of the country. Sure. Uh, people saw it in Arizona. Sure. Okay. And he wasn't even involved in the 2022 election. So what I'm saying is, is. I will certainly agree with you that weird stuff happened in Arizona. Do I know that stuff to be what I'm, but, I see no, it? That's not my, but that's no, not my point. Sorry, yeah. Well, no, you don't know it now. Yeah, sure. But I, I wanted to, I want mm. to say something else, and this is kind you of... You may eventually know it. Sure. Uh, this is how I wanted to ask you to end the conversation, um, unless there's anything else you want to say. I'm not going to uh, cut you off. Um, but I wonder if for anyone that feels that only Trump is the candidate on the Republican side of the aisle and also believes that the last election that he lost uh, was unfairly taken away from him, believes one of two things, and tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. And I'm not saying that this is my opinion, but I think it's interesting that either Trump would run, he's already running, but would get the nomination and win in 2024. And what that actually would show to people who believe that um, you know, the, the last election was uh, fraudulent would be that they uh, backed off on some of the fraud to not get caught, I imagine. Uh, people who um, don't think that the election was fraudulent would think that Trump winning is proof that the elections are not fraudulent. Uh, the other alternative is that Trump would lose and um, people would feel that it was fraud again. And so what you're saying, um, or at least what I'm, I'm hearing from what you're saying, is that those are the two outcomes, is that either he wins and that means that the people that were in control uh, didn't uh, wield the control uh, out of fear um, or that he loses and the entire political system is exposed for not being fair. Yeah, is I think. Right? Uh, I, yes, I think you're right. OK. All right. Um, I think it's you know, here, be- here's the thing. And this is going to sound harsh to some people. Um, we're th- we're actually. I believe we're actually at war. We're at war with factions that have had control of a a lot of the apparatus in this country and want to strengthen their grip on that. And when Trump came along, they started to lose their grip on that. Because as you said, outside during a commercial break, Trump is not beholden to anybody. He's not. And they don't control him. Yeah. And a lot of the people that he put in place they weren't able to control. Sure. So what's the big complaint that most people have about politicians is that they're all controlled by big money, mm-hmm. big pharma, big mm-hmm. this, big that. Sure. Okay, so if Trump's not controllable, he's a threat to them because his 
he's his thinking is not in line with theirs. Yeah. They don't want him around. This no, is the I, same. I will easily agree that we were the talking political about system Reagan. doesn't want Trump that's, around. That's that was <laughs> we'll easily agree. On that, that was yeah. one of the things yeah. that put. Uh, but here, the system at odds with sure. Reagan. You were talking about Reagan yeah, earlier. Yeah. Here's the thing that I would say, and this is not designed to be a uh, never Trump or an only Trump uh, version of a conversation. But if if the system is unfair, and if the system has not been um, um, exposed for being unfair, because even what Kerry Lake's doing in Arizona has not been successful. I know it might have been successful uh, to you in in making more people well, aware of the, things, if a, if, but it hasn't changed any rules. If a judge is corrupt, he's yeah. going to continue well, but, to rule. What I mean is none of the rules have changed any of the places that they may you need to change. You know, the change. Supreme Court of Arizona sent the, the case back right. to the court that yeah. uh, that ruled against Kerry sure. Lake, and then the same judge ruled against Kerry Lake again. So this is one person. But, so would it be a but rational... the Supreme Court said, you know, you didn't right. do this right, Mr. Judge. Would it be a rational thing to um, have some conservatives want someone else to run in the assumption that the system would not be as unfair to them because it's so targeting Trump? Well, if you do that, okay then what you're doing is you're conceding to the opposition. I understand. You're letting them yeah. uh, set the rules of the game. Because what is it they want in the first place? They want Trump gone. Mm-hmm. So if Trump isn't the guy, yeah. then they've accomplished what they wanted to. But here's the thing. I, as I, I mentioned before, and this is, I guess, where we really will end this, a lot of people agree with the sentiment that people voted against Trump because they hate him. And so if you mitigated that um, excuse for a loss by, say, and I'm not even talking about DeSantis, like a Tim Scott uh, being the Republican um, uh, candidate, um, and then he lost, I don't think that you'd be able to say the same thing. And Biden is doing such a bad job that it seems that we're in such a unique position right now for a lot more people to feel the way you do and the way that a lot of people admittedly do feel uh, from 2020, that the election didn't make sense. How could Biden beat Trump? Biden barely debated. He hid in his basement. Uh, if Biden were to defeat someone who could not be behind the scenes, uh, given the narrative, everybody hates him. That's why nobody voted for him. Um, I think it would be a more effective demonstration of a potentially flawed system. Um, but I don't know. Uh, that's just a, a well, hypothetical. And I'm not saying that I, I actually uh, believe all the same. You know, I think we're just having a, a somewhat hypothetical well, conversation. Well, we're having a circular conversation. Right. But a couple of things you said are interesting to me. One, you said, uh, and you've brought this up before, that people voted against Trump because they don't like him. A lot of people, that's not yeah. a, a Craig Collins feeling. That's a lot of people's feeling. Well, that happens every election, no sure. matter who's in it. That's true. A lot of okay. people did not vote for Hillary because they lot, did not like there's Hillary. There's a lot of people, you know, if you're a Republican and you're going to vote against the Democrat, if you're a staunch yes. Democrat, you're going to vote against. It, the same thing happens every election. But I'll tell you what did happen. Hmm. Trump got more votes than any sitting president in history, which tells me he's not unpopular. And Biden got more votes than Obama, the most popular president, we're told, in our lifetime. That's fair, too. That doesn't make sense. No, those are both fair. They don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If you go into your kid's room and it smells like pot and he says... And he says, I don't know who's smoking that. I don't know. That no, did the that clean, didn't make sense. Did the cleaning person, I understand what they you're must saying. have been. I understand. Made, you know what? That I had no. the window open, gotta, I, and that's coming from the next door neighbor. It yeah. doesn't no. make sense. Very late. Got to take a gonna break. You're not accept that explanation. I got like four minutes of, of commercials and two minutes uh, before we get okay. to the news, so I got to well, break. You brought that topic no, up. No, but I'm, I'm thrilled that you stayed for that long conversation. I gave us as much time as we could. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD.